0: Anytime an NFL team is looking to hire a new coach, the fan base would prefer to have a shiny new toy, a hot commodity, an offensive prodigy, or a defensive guru coming from the ranks of another team quickly ascending. But is that always the best path to hire a quality NFL head coach? We're going to be looking at it from a Seahawks perspective on today's Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks. You are locked on Seahawks. Your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings 12, this is Corbin Smith, host of the Locked On Seahawks podcast, your daily Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Glad to be joined here on Blue Friday by my co-host Nick Lee, who is back healthy, at least close to 100%. Glad to have him back on board after he missed last week's show. A special thanks to all the 12s out there, as always, whether you're listening down in Oregon country in Eugene, Oregon, or overseas in Paris, France. We greatly appreciate each and every one of you making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We're going to have some fun today looking at some free agent fits with each of the offensive and defensive candidates that the Seahawks are still considering to replace Pete Carroll. Should be a really fun Blue Friday game. This episode brought your way by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 bets. When you play as a $5 bet, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Now for your lead story here on our Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks. We are now two weeks into Seattle's hunt for a successor for Pete Carroll. And still, there doesn't appear to be a favorite. The race to hire a coach looks wide open. There's only one other team now that has a vacancy. So John Schneider and Jody Allen can continue to take their time and make sure they make the right hire. Of course, many of our listeners would subscribe to this idea. You're looking for that next hot young gun on offense that can come in and take this job from Pete Carroll. You want that ascending, that rapidly ascending offensive coordinator, or if it's going to be defense, let's make it a young gun on defense that understands the modern NFL and what it takes to stop modern NFL offenses. But Nick, I'm just going to say this right now. This is one of those be careful what you wish for type propositions because Hiring an NFL coach is not a perfect science. It isn't simply a plug-and-play type situation where you hire one of these 30-something-year-old offensive coordinators and instantly your team becomes a Super Bowl contender. I wish it was that way from Seattle's perspective right now, but the data shows that it's the opposite, and again, this is a careful what you wish for type situation.
1: Yeah, so you're thinking about you know some offensive genius or you know up and comer that sounds a lot like Arthur Smith, or a defensive guru that you can lead a you know modern defense that sounds a lot like Brandon Staley, who are now both looking for work just a few years after being hired. So what I what I looked at last uh, just I I feel like I've evolved a lot in the last couple weeks of just how I want to approach this um, coaching hire for the Seahawks and just looking at the four player uh, the four teams left. You got John Harbaugh. Uh, for the Ravens, who was a defensive back coach. Andy Reid, of course, a future Hall of Fame coach, was a quarterback's coach for the Packers. And Dan Campbell, who was a tight ends coach for the Saints. The only real, like, you know, hot coordinator hire that is still alive is Kyle Shanahan for San Francisco. So you, then you got here on the list, Sean Payton was a passing game coordinator. Zach Taylor, another one who, you know, the Bengals had a down year, somewhat out of his control, but still a, a solid coach who's been to a Super Bowl. Um, so, you th- you can see here from, from proven successful coaches, it's not always those hot coordinator hires. It's, it's, you know, what, what, what I'm trying to get at really is you, you look at Dan Campbell, it, it's culture. I mean, he is so perfect for Detroit, just the, the gritty, you know, just like blue collar kind of guy that, that has instilled that culture. I don't think anyone is, is going to say Dan Campbell, is this some genius, you know, cerebral, you know, next generation kind of play caller or st- strategist. He's just a guy's guy and has established a culture in there and made some really great hires. One of them we'll talk about in a little bit too, of course, and Ben Johnson. Um, just it's, it's, so I, th- I think we've established that it's more culture than X's and O's when it comes to a head coach. And that's really hard to quantify. Yeah. And you look at the last four coaching
0: cycles. I only went back to 2020 And obviously, there has been a skew towards offensive-minded coaches. That's where the league is going. Everybody's looking for the next Sean McVay or the next Zach Taylor. They want to bring in somebody that has that offensive background. But if you look at those hirings up to this point, again, this is just looking back to 2020. There are a few hits. I think Kevin Stefanski's done a fantastic job with the Cleveland Browns, considering all the turmoil and the injuries that they have had. Nick Sirianni just got to the Eagles of the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and there was talk about him getting fired with that historic meltdown that Philadelphia had this year. But he's still got a thirty-four and seventeen record. But you look at the rest of these coaches. You threw out Arthur Smith, who just got fired by the Falcons a few weeks ago. Twenty-one and thirty. He went seven and ten all three of his seasons. Absolutely no forward progress. Kevin O'Connell juries out whether he is a quality head coach or not. Had a really good first season this year. Kept, uh, they had an injury to Kirk Cousins, but they struggled. And then Nathaniel Hackett, he didn't even last a full season with Russell Wilson in Denver a few years ago. Brian Dable, two years ago, looked like he might be the next great head coach. The Giants fell flat this year. Mike McDaniel has been a good success story. Shane Steichen, jury's out. 9-8 and eight was a solid season without his rookie quarterback for most of the year. But the point is, you look at those numbers and – You look at the job status for these guys, even the best record on there, Nick Sirianni, like his seat is burning hot going into next year. The Eagles expect to be back in contention status. And if they can't rebound and they're going to have a much different looking roster than they did this year, there's going to be some long long time standbys in this roster that aren't going to be there. You just look at that and it's pretty obvious that I would say less than half of those have been successful
1: hires to this point. Yeah, then you keep, <clears throat> excuse me. You keep going to like Brian Staley was borderline. I mean, he was a disaster for the Chargers. Um, obviously, they've made <laughs> a decent coaching hire since then. I think um, Robert Sala, another one who you know, I know the Jet. He's he's got the Jets stink on him, but he has not fixed that team at all. Um, you know, Matty Rufflus was also on the hot seat. Is out on the hot seat. D'Amico Ryan's I think is um, certainly that first year was just phenomenal from him. And certainly he's on that trajectory. But we've seen, you know, the Brian Dable and, you know, Kevin O'Connell had great first seasons. What do you do uh, in response to that? And so D'Amico Ryans, I think, has that cut out for him. Jonathan Gannon, you know, has kind of dealt a bad hand in Arizona. But just looking at the overall data there, since 2020, three of those 13 hot, hot coordinators have already been fired. And I'd say another four are squarely on the hot seat when you got Eberfluss, Brian Dable, uh, Robert Sala, Nick Sirianni. And so that's either that's seven of the 13 of those hot coordinator hires that are either have been fired or probably very much starting next season on the hot seat. And only of only four of those 13 have won a playoff game. So I, I think that's you're your, you know seven of 13 either fired or under uh, are under under fire. That's a coin flip. That's almost 50 50. So this is not a perfect formula. You see every year the hot coordinator you go after the, the hot commodity. And maybe he's just a really, really good coordinator. Josh McDaniels, I think, is a great example. He's had immense success as an offensive coordinator. He has absolutely bombed as, an, as a head coach. Adam Gase, you know, another hot, you know, coordinator kind of guy, absolutely just roof caved in with him as a head coach. So it is absolutely not a guarantee if you hire the hottest commodity coordinator. And we've talked about this over the last couple of
0: weeks. X's and O's, they're only a part of the equation. In fact, I would say it's a smaller part of the equation for being a successful head coach at any level, particularly the NFL. The culture aspect and building trust in your players, being able to teach, those things are all crucial to being able to be a quality NFL head coach. You are running a business. This is not just oh, I need to monitor what's going on in offense and defense and special teams and just make sure all that stuff is good. There's so much There's so much going on for head coaches. It truly is a business that you are running, and you are the face of that business. So it isn't just about can you call plays. There's so much more to it. And so for that reason, I think it's a good thing that the Seahawks appear to be taking their due diligence, and they're slow playing this process to make sure – they make the right hire here. They bring in somebody that is going to also bring in a quality culture or continue that culture that Pete Carroll has cultivated over the last 14 seasons. And so we'll see what ends up happening on that front. But this is that precautionary warning when you look at that data that you may want that Ben Johnson or Bobby Slowick or somebody like that. And they may end up being really good head coaches. But there's far from any guarantee that they are going to be successful jumping up to a head coaching position after being a really good coordinator. So the Seahawks have to look at every possible, possible avenue to make sure that they find the right fit to replace Pete Carroll. Coming up next, we're going to have some fun here on Blue Friday. We're going to look at three offensive coaching candidates that are considered in the running to replace Pete Carroll and some free agents from their current teams who could be good fits to join the Seahawks with them in 2024. Don't go away. You're listening to the Blue Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks. This episode is brought your way by BetterHelp. Life can be full of twists and turns that throw a few wrenches at you at unexpected times. So it's important to lead yourself through it all and put a focus on your mental health BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. Therapy worked wonders for me this year when I was struggling to deal with family-related health issues, but don't just take my word for it. When you've got somebody in your corner to guide you and you're struggling to navigate obstacles, it's simply invaluable. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. Available to people worldwide. With therapy, it can take a few tries to find the right fit for you. And BetterHelp is a great way to invest in yourself. BetterHelp has a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. The NFL playoffs are heading into championship weekend, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks. if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel there hasn't been a better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. You can find a wide range of betting options easily in the parlay hub, including spreads such as the Lions being a slim underdog on the road against the 49ers, player props including Jared Goff's passing touchdown totals against a stingy San Francisco defense, over-unders, and much more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on right now and make your first bet. A layup, FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. You're listening to the Blue Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be rejoined by Nick Lee and a special thanks to all the 12s out there. Thank you for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. The Seahawks have yet to announce who will be replacing Pete Carroll. They are still in the midst of their second round of interviews. There's other names floating out there that still may may be in contention to replace Pete Carroll And keeping that in mind, we're going to have a little bit of fun here because I think that this is one of the fascinating things when a team hires a new head coach that has been with another team. Typically, that coach wants some of his former players to come with him for the ride to his new team. So we are going to look at some potential great fits on those other teams. For example, Ben Johnson with the Lions. The Lions are going to be playing this weekend in the NFC Championship game who could the Seahawks add in free agency from the Lions offense? It has to be on that coach's side of the football. But who could the Lions offer in free agency that the Seahawks can go sign to improve their team and tag team with the new head coach? Keeping that in mind, let's go to Ben Johnson here first. And I would say, based on social media, that... Ben Johnson is probably the second most popular head coaching candidate for Seahawks fans. There's somebody on the defensive side of the ball that I would argue is even more popular, but Ben Johnson, he is that offensive prodigy, he has had incredible success with Jared Goff in Detroit running that offense. Their run game is one of the best in the NFL too. That would excite Seahawks fans. Looking at their free agent crop this year of offensive players, again, Nick, no cheating here. You can't pick a defensive guy. But their offensive players, who is somebody that jumps out to you that would be a nice addition to bring to
1: Seattle with Ben Johnson? Well, for mine, I'm going to assume that there is a cap casualty in one of the Seahawks greats in Tyler Lockett, unfortunately, at the receiver position. Josh Reynolds. Um, there, you'd like to add some veteran value, especially if you lose a guy like Tyler Lockett. He's third on the Lions this year in receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. Been pretty productive. And, and Ben Johnson's system. Uh, you know, especially with a veteran like him, when you got a young uh, up and comer in Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I think ended the season like that second half of the year, or at least post bye week really came on strong and had, had some big moments late. Um, D. Eskrich has basically borrowed Harry Potter's invisibility cloak. Um, he's been nowhere. <laughs> so um, I don't know what you do with him, but Josh Reynolds, I think would be a great addition, even if you, they somehow keep or maybe restructure Tyler Lockett and, you add Josh Reynolds to the mix somehow, man, that that would be really nice depth along with J- JSN. Um, but I think it's more likely if, if they part with Tyler Lockett, but Josh Reynolds, a nice veteran, productive wide receiver.
0: Somebody that has played well in Sean McVay's system. He has played well in Ben Johnson's system. He and Jared Goff have a strong relationship. I think he and Geno Smith would hit it off. So that would be a fascinating one, but I'm going to the trenches for this particular exercise because You know, it is possible, and I feel like I say this every year for the most part, Damian Lewis has given the Seahawks some stability being a four-year starter, but it feels like center and right guard that it's just been an every year revolving door, and I think that's going to continue this year. Now, Olu Olu, Atimi is on the roster, so it may be somebody on the roster playing center, but he's going to be a first-time starter in the league this year. But I'm looking at Jonah Jackson, who unfortunately for Detroit got hurt last week. So he is not going to be playing in this game against San Francisco in the NFC Championship game. That's a huge loss for them. We are talking about a massive guard that is just a body mover. He drives guys off the line of scrimmage. One of the reasons the Lions have a top five, top six rushing attack this year. And he only allowed two seasons a bruiser. He's far from perfect in pass protection. He's given up some pressures, but only two sacks allowed this year. He's only going to be 27 next season. So he's still a very young player in the prime of his career. You're going to have to pay a pretty penny, but let's face it. Seattle has not invested in offensive linemen from a financial standpoint under Pete Carroll. I think with a new coach and John Schneider having full personnel control, that there's a chance that could change. And this is a guy that could end that revolving door that you've got at that right guard position, bring some stability and some upside to your offensive line, which would allow Ben Johnson's offensive scheme to have a much better chance of taking off early in the Pacific Northwest. Now let's shift gears to another young prodigy who has even less offensive coordinator experience. Bobby Slowick in Houston Literally just finished his first year, but what an impressive first year it was in Houston with C.J. Stroud, the rookie quarterback, 23 touchdowns, only five interceptions. The Texans won a playoff game in part because they scored over 30 points on offense. Bobby Slowick has been one of the hot names out there, and yet with only two teams left to hire, the commanders can't hire both of them, so the Seahawks would have a chance to get Ben Johnson or Bobby Slowick. You look at Houston's roster, this is really what makes what he accomplishes here that much more impressive. The free agents that are going to be out there, there aren't a ton of options that you could see really coming in and improving the Seahawks, but there are a couple players that would be decent additions from a depth perspective.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with an old friend, in fact. Um, I know the Seahawks seem set at offensive tackle with Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas, but I'm honestly not so sure. Abraham Lucas on the right side does not seem very durable. I am worried about his long-term health. You always need depth, of course, you know, swing tackle type. George Fant. And I'm going to go with an old friend here with George Fant. Um, last year, or this past season, was fairly productive for the, the Texans. He, in 559 pass block snaps, allowed three sacks, which for a player that's kind of been viewed as somewhat of a swing tackle depth piece, he's had some starting experience too. That's really good. So if you can have bring him back in here, an old friend, and, you know, as a hedge, you know, kind of this year's Jason Peters, perhaps so with a, a bit younger um, and 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 be that that hedge at right tackle. He had, he's also played some left tackle, as we saw in Seattle, um, played some left tackle a little bit here uh, you know, this past season in, in Houston. But as a right tackle, certainly um, had a really good season. So in case Abe Lucas either needs to be moved around or he can't stay healthy, because I, I am truly concerned. I, I don't have any doubts about Abe Lucas, the, the ability. Um, it's strictly durability is is the issue I have with Abe Lucas at this point. So bringing in George Fant as a hedge as insurance, I think you could do a whole lot worse. And
0: I'm going to stay in the offensive line, and I'm going to look in the middle. And I know we keep bringing in veteran centers on one year deals, but this would be more just to have somebody to compete with Olu Oluwatimi with and Evan Brown. Maybe could be brought back, but if you're not going to re-sign him, and Bobby Sloak wants some players he's familiar with. Then Michael Dieter, who started his career with the Miami Dolphins. And I love Wisconsin offensive linemen. There's some bias here. I just think that they are outstanding. They're physical, very intelligent. And this is a guy that I love coming out of Wisconsin. His career has been pretty up and down. He had a few decent seasons in Miami. He was a starter for 10 games last year for the Texans. But this would be another guy that would be a really nice little stopgap. If you don't think Timmy is the guy, if the new coach comes in and thinks, eh, I'm not – sold on him as the starter, then maybe Michael Dieter could be that bridge guy to whoever your long-term center is. And I know this is an experiment that we've been through multiple times the last few years, but when you have a new head coach, you're going to have stuff like that happen. So Michael Dieter, he's also still not an old player, mid-20s, so he is somebody that could play multiple seasons for you if he ends up being a solid hit at the center position. So I think it's one of those no-loss signings that could make the interior offensive line depth at minimum much better. Now, one last candidate real quick, Mike Kafka with the Giants. I'm going to be brutally honest. We saw this 31st ranked offense this last year. I looked at the free agent crop for offensive players, and Nick, I had to go with a special teams guy because I just don't see anybody that Mike Kafka coming to Seattle is going to be like you know I want to bring that guy with me I can't see anybody that he's going to be like oh you're better than what I'm going to have in Seattle I don't see anybody like that with that being said Gunnar Olszewski is a really dynamic punt returner so if you're going to add a low price receiver to the stable that has special teams ability Olszewski has two punt returns for touchdowns over the last couple of seasons he had one against the Rams this year The Seahawks would love to see him do that against the Rams in a Seahawks uniform. So I don't see anybody that's going to make a difference on the offense, on their free agent crop, but I could see Olszewski being somebody that could come in and instantly
1: add juice to their special teams. Unless you think the Seahawks can somehow afford to slash should pay Saquon Barkley, but (laughs) that's a, that's a neither here nor there. They should not. Um, I'm going to go with Ben, with Ben Bredesen, the interior lineman played over a thousand snaps this year with the, uh, with the Giants three different positions. So both guard spots and at center, um, his pro football focus grades aren't exactly great. (laughs) Um, but certainly you can add some value with that kind of versatility playing all three spots. When we come back, we are going to continue looking at best free agent fits with three defensive candidates
0: to replace Pete Carroll as Seahawks head coach. Don't go away. You're listening to the locked on Seahawks podcast. This episode is brought your way by Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and it's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you versus the numbers instead of battling thousands of other players. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch those winnings roll in. Prize Picks is so simple to play, you can submit your entries in less than 60 seconds. And since we're in the heat of the basketball season and the playoffs in the football Realm, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball in their specials league. For example, you could have the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, and you could have Steph Curry. You could be looking at 20 and a half combined completions and three pointers. Price picks even offers a reboot policy, so you're into your entries. Stay in play, even if your players get injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player can be rebooted. Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy, and Picks is an absolute blast each week. It's an easy way to enjoy fantasy without the hassle and land quick winnings. Go to prizepix.com slash and use the code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use the code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. You're listening to the Friday edition of Locked On Seahawks. This your host Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined by my co-host Nick Lee and a special thanks to all the 12s out there. Thank you for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen. Five days a week, we greatly appreciate it. Continuing our Blue Friday game, we just looked at three offensive coaches in the running to replace Pete Carroll and some potential free agent fits on their current team to join them in the Pacific Northwest. Now we're going to do the same exercise on the defensive side of the football. And Nick, let's start with one of the names that is most familiar to Seahawks fans, probably the most familiar one, and that's Dan Quinn, Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator, was the Seahawks defensive coordinator in 2013 and 2014. Dallas had a top-five defense. You wouldn't have known it watching that debacle against the Green Bay Packers in the wildcard round, but this was a defense that was one of the best in the NFL in the regular season, and they've got some solid defensive free agents that are going to be hitting the market. So if you could pick a player to tag team with Dan Quinn, if indeed he's the new Seahawks coach and comes back to Seattle, who would it be and why?
1: Micah Parsons. no, no, I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I wish. Um, Pickens were a little slim here. I'm going to go with with a need for the Seahawks, even though it's not necessarily the, the sexiest name on there. Neville Gallimore, interior defensive lineman. I think that, that again, once again, the Seahawks absolutely need to add um, in, in the interior line. I don't need, I don't know if they need the complete overhaul that they had last year. Especially if you re-sign Leonard Williams, that'd be really nice. Um, Levin, uh, Neville Gellimore last year had 12 total pressures from the interior. You know, B gap kind of you can slide over to the five tech a, a little bit. So a little bit of versatility there from the interior can give you a little juice in the pass rush. So and again, not exactly exciting, but certainly a depth piece you can bring in. Um, to compete along the interior. And really you can never have too much depth along that interior defensive line. Yeah.
0: I was looking from a depth perspective as well, but I'm going to go out to the edge position with somebody that has played a lot of snaps for Dan Quinn in Atlanta. And then the last couple of years in Dallas, he originally was a top five pick for the Jaguars and Hasn't necessarily lived up to that billing, though Dante Fowler Jr.'s had a couple years where he's really erupted as a pass rusher, and somehow he's still only 29 years old. It feels like he's been in the league 30 years, but Dante Fowler Jr. found a way to be a solid rotational rusher for the Dallas Cowboys the last couple of years. He had six sacks in 2022, four and a half this year, nothing incredible, but certainly a guy that has the ability to turn up the heat on quarterbacks, and you wouldn't be asking him to start in Seattle. He'd be behind Nwosu and boy Mafe. but I think that he is a more consistent version of Daryl Taylor that offers a little bit more in the run defense department. Not a great run defender by any means, but it would be an upgrade, and Dan Quinn knows how to best utilize him from coaching him with multiple teams. Now, let's shift to Patrick Graham, who I've gotten some feedback that's been interesting from fans. There have been some fans that have really felt like Patrick Graham is kind of the wild card here. There's some fans like he's never been a head coach. Why are we talking about him? But he's a Yale graduate. You want to talk about somebody that is incredibly intelligent, and he's got some guys that play great football for him down the stretch. This was the best defense in the NFL in the last nine weeks, not named the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, this was a feisty defense. It gave up less than 20 points in six of those games the get rid of Josh McDaniels effect, I suppose. But Patrick Graham, he deserves a ton of credit for what this defense did. And they've got some intriguing free agents as well that could come to Seattle and wouldn't necessarily break the bank either.
1: Yeah, kind of along the same vein as uh, Neville Gallimore for me from Dallas. Uh, Bilal Nichols, um, someone else who can give you kind of some juice in in, in the interior three-tech position as a pass rusher. Tied for six on the team with 19 pressures could come relatively cheap again some nice depth obviously you'd prefer you know leonard williams and, and jaron reed there in the interior um but another guy who can who can give you a spell who can be that depth piece he's he had plenty of success or he's plenty of success but he's he's been moderately successful um along the interior so again another depth piece that could come pretty cheap i'm gonna stay in the d line with adam butler a player who i think is incredibly underrated
0: the guy has 22 sacks in his NFL career, we're not going to mistake him as one of the elite interior pass rushers in the league, but he's a 300-pounder that can move up and down the line. He started his career in New England, and that's a pre that's a prerequisite. If you want to play for Bill Belichick in New England over the years as a defensive lineman, you better be able to move up and down the line. And Adam Butler can do that, he can play 5-tech, he can play 3-tech, he can play nose, and so I think that makes him an intriguing fit. And also, he's going to know Patrick Graham's system because he's played in it now with the Las Vegas Raiders. He gives you some juice. This is a guy that had over 25 pressures this year on quarterbacks. He's been a guy that's consistently been able to turn up interior pressure. So I'm looking at him as somebody that could really come in right away. And if not start for you, he's certainly going to give you a lot of bang for your buck as a reserve. And that rotation, hopefully with Leonard Williams and Jaron Reed, That could give you a really fun three-headed monster, and also Draymond Jones still on the roster, hoping he bounces back from a somewhat disappointing first season, so I look at him as a guy that would be a really good fit to bring with Patrick Graham, and last but not least, I said this earlier, you know, everybody's throwing out Ben Johnson, but this has at least been my social media vibes, I feel like Mike McDonald is still the coaching candidate the Seahawks fans most desperately want to come to the Pacific Northwest, which Doesn't fit that offensive young gun. This is the defensive young gun that has been leading the Baltimore Ravens number one ranked scoring defense and unearthed players like Geno Stone from reserves into all pro caliber players. He has done a phenomenal job in Baltimore. No interviews yet, but we are presuming that the Seahawks are waiting this out, hoping for an opportunity to speak with him when the Ravens are eliminated or if they win the Super Bowl, that they would like to chat with him before they make a decision. They're going to have to continue being patient on that front because they can't interview him until then. But if the Seahawks could bring in a player from the Baltimore Ravens who is set to be a free agent on defense to go with Mike McDonald, who would be your pick? And I think fans are going to be surprised by who you selected here.
1: Yeah, I mean, first of all, part of me hopes the Ravens kind of get eliminated so they can expedite <laughs> this process. But not on account of the defense. Um, I'm going to go with Ronald Darby. I know that that might raise a few eyebrows, um, but I think that giving getting him to the slot and and or that or having him to pair with with Devin Witherspoon, obviously, and Tariq Wallen, Reek Wallen, um, just for that versatility, you can bounce him around a little bit and and free up Devin Witherspoon. Where Witherspoon, I think we all would agree, you know, is probably probably destined to be the exterior, you know, the, the outside, you know, starting corner, you know, plug and play next year. Um, but I like the idea of having Darby who a lot of 72 passer rating, which is one touchdown allowed and 55 targets, uh, for, for the Ravens so far, he's, he's played a little bit in the slot as well. He's, he's bounced around, um, bring in him, bring him in to possibly man the slot or just you know, compete for that outside spot or kind of at least free up Devin Witherspoon to kind of bounce around and move around. Because I think we all agree he's, a more, a more of a Swiss Army knife cornerback at this point, and which is just uber valuable. And so allowing him to where he doesn't need to be just forced to the exterior um, by default because they have no one else, and and he's the only one. But bringing in a guy like Darby, that kind of talent could really help free up Devin Witherspoon to do what he does best. So when I initially looked at the free agent list, there was a name that really jumped out
0: immediately, and that was Justin Madubuke, who's got double digit sacks, but. I'm going to play the realistic card here and say that the Baltimore Ravens are not going to allow him to hit free agency. He's going to get franchise tagged at minimum. They are not letting him go. So as much as I wanted to talk about Justin Matabuke going with Jaron Reed and maybe Draymond Jones, I mean, that would be a big ticket signing. You would have to make some moves to be able to afford him. I'm going to bring back an old friend, Jadevian Cloudy, who is still – this is another one of those guys. He's only 30 years old, and it feels like he's been in the league since 1945, like after World War II. You know, <laughs> He's been around forever, but he's still a fairly young player. He's not an old guy by any means, and he has had a phenomenal rebirth in Baltimore. Mike McDonald has the perfect system for him. His length and his burst off the edge – Nick, he's got nine and a half sacks. He's got 19 quarterback hits. And if you watch the Seahawks-Ravens game, I don't know that anybody... I love him wearing number 24, by the way. It just makes him look faster. But Jadevian Clowney was maybe the most disruptive player in that entire game for either team. The Seahawks could not block him. He was getting in the backfield, disrupting Geno Smith the entire game. And every game I've watched the Ravens this year, he has been the catalyst for their aggressiveness. Up front. And there's so many different things you can do with him. And Mike McDonald moved him all over the defensive line. So he liked his one year in Seattle. But Pete Carroll and those guys never seemed interested in really bringing him back. Mike McDonald, bring him with you in the suitcase. It's going to need to be a huge suitcase, but bring him with you. And that would certainly be a guy that I would like to see come tag team with Mike McDonald in Seattle. We'll see if any of these players end up coming with whoever the new head coach is, but that adds another layer of intrigue anytime you add a new head coach in the NFL. As always, you can follow me on X and Threads at Corbin Smith NFL. You follow Nick at Nick Lee 51 Make sure to check out and subscribe, Locked on Seahawks on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode. When we come back on Monday, We'll see if there's any major updates. Will there be a new head coach for the Seahawks by Monday? We'll just have to wait and see. We'll have the latest on the coaching search and much more. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy championship weekend. Go Hawks.